This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. If you're tuning in for the guys, you got your fix there just a little bit. And I love the I love the height-ism, you know? I love, <laughs> I love the discrimination. Listen now. It's about the only thing I bring to the table. Rothstein, you're tall as well. Michael Rothstein is joining us from the ATL offices. Randy Scott holding it down here, the worldwide leader in Bristol, Connecticut. Offices. Yeah, offices. I'm looking around the spacious. The office is like my couch. (laughs) (laughs) In my one-bedroom apartment, there is no office. There is a desk (laughs) and a chair, and that is the extent of it. I can write off 124th of my apartment. Let's not make him wait any longer. Joining us on the CC call-in line, 888-STATE-ESPN. It's 888-729-3776. Is Chris Canty one half of this program? Uh, Sweating out the, the wait for the Lakers playoff run to continue with us. We could start there. We could start... NFL. We start with with sports pet peeves as we sort of went through airline pet peeves in the last hour with what Rossi was talking about and people not putting their headphones in in planes, which drives me crazy. Randy, what about social media pet peeves with Elon Musk snatching my blue check yesterday? Yeah, you know what? <laughs> he did mine too. Thank you. I, where were you when you found out? Because I was taking a nap. I had it when I fell asleep and when I woke up, it was gone. Yeah, I, I just came off the air. I did get up and then I did Greenie's radio show right after that with my partner Carlin and I realized I'm not verified anymore. And then Carlin helped me see the upside to that today, which means that I might not be held responsible for some of the idiotic takes that I might put out on Twitter. So, you know, I'm, as a glass half full kind of person, Carlin helped me see the sunny side of things. I, I was on Twitter actually responding to a guy who was like, maybe that was not true that he was going to take away the blue check mark. And then I literally was like, go check, bud. Yeah. I love I love anybody who knows anybody who knows Carlin too. Think of it, thinking of him nudging anybody toward the sunny side of things is hilarious. Yeah. It is hilarious. So, Canty, let's get to your Laker fandom. Let's get to the series that you guys have right now with Memphis. And I gotta just you know go back to what Dylan Brooks did and said, uh, you know during and then after that Grizzly win to go ahead and even the series at one game apiece. I haven't seen someone that bluntly go post-game after LeBron James the way Brooks did. How'd that sit with you? I, I didn't like it as a Lakers fan, but some of the people that have better, higher basketball acumen than I do said Dylan Brooks is is going off the script, and he's saying he's doing exactly what he needs to do in terms of trying to goat LeBron James, ironically, the goat, goating the goat, Yeah, but trying to get LeBron James to play a style of basketball that is more conducive to what the Grizzlies are looking for in terms of their path to victory for this series. If the Lakers offense runs through LeBron, then it's advantage Memphis with all of the deficiencies they have on the interior with Steven Adams being out, Brandon Clark being out, and 3J getting banged up in game two. So if LeBron James is going to take it upon himself to try to put up 40, 50 points, then that's great. You're going away from your, your strength or your matchup advantage, which is Anthony Davis. So I, I think... That, you know, guys like Jay Will, guys like Perk, they, they see through what Dylan Brooks was trying to do, which is be the agitator and get LeBron James to fall into the trap of not playing to the Lakers' advantage, which is Anthony Davis being the most dominant player on the court. Now, Kenny, I realize this is maybe not a fair question since you are a Lakers fan, so there was probably some bias and vested interest involved, but what you've seen so far from them out of the first two games, how far do you think this team can realistically go? I think they can go on a deep playoff run, but the, the part about 
the other night that frustrates me as a Lakers fan is that they gave away an opportunity to get this series over with in short order. Thinking about who their second round opponent would be, the winner of the Kings Warriors series, that series after last night's game figures to be a long series, six or seven games. You would just think that the Lakers missed an opportunity to have a huge rest disparity with either one of those teams in that series in the second round. Think about it. If the Lakers can get done with the Memphis Grizzlies in four games, you're talking about them having over a week's worth of rest before they have to kick off round two. And for a team that has, you know, older stars in AD and Braun, that, that would be huge for them. So I just hate the fact that they gave that advantage away. And then also they made it a lot tougher on themselves to get to dispatch of the Memphis Grizzlies because even though they've had two days off between games one and two, two days off between games two and three, it's going to go every other game now. And when you factor in the travel to and from Memphis, it just, it's a situation where the Lakers aren't going to get the rest that they could have otherwise had if the series doesn't have to go back to Tennessee. He's Chris Canty, host of Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Michael Rothstein, Randy Scott uh, in for the guys. And I, we're, I'm going to be sitting in this chair next week here, Canty, because you, you and, and Chris are going to be dealing with the NFL draft coverage. Yep. When you look at some of the conversations, some of the discussion, I know you've touched on it on other shows, surrounding C.J. Stroud and why he lost his grip on the number 1 overall you know, uh, draft pick here is that it's going to Bryce Young. Seemingly, that's a lock. And now there are questions that are coming out from sort of it's sort of the unnamed source game. Like I heard this, and and I, sources are telling me one thing and whatever. How are you approaching the discussion around a guy who is, regardless of when he goes, the second quarterback off the board? I I, I think it it'd be uh, it'd be an absolute travesty if C.J. Stroud fell outside of the top two picks. I think he's that talented of a player. We know it's a quarterback-driven league, and he is clearly one of the top two quarterbacks, and he might not be number two. That being said, I did touch base with somebody that I trust that's close to the Carolina Panthers organization, and the thing that's popping up about C.J. Stroud is you know, his capacity to process information, and that doesn't show up on tape. But it does show up in some of the aptitude tests, some of the some of the stuff that the written tests that teams have given CJ throughout the pre-draft process. Now, I went back and forth with Dan Orlovsky and, and Todd McShay on this yesterday. I don't see any of those issues in terms of processing information quickly showing up on tape, and neither did I. Neither did they. I mean, when you look at CJ Stroud's numbers in the red zone this past year, he had 25 touchdowns to one interception. And the reason why I point out the red zone is because that's an area of the field where things happen faster. So you you question whether or not a player can process in those moments. Mm-hmm. He showed the ability to be able to do that. As a matter of fact, his touchdown to interception ratio in the red zone is better than Bryce Young's who's the odds-on favorite to go number one. So I love C.J. Stroud as a player. I think he's an easy thrower. He's got great mechanics, great foundation. That translates to success at the next level at that position. So, yeah, if you're the Carolina Panthers or the Houston Texans and you need a quarterback, you don't, you don't need to overthink this thing. C.J. Stroud should be the guy. So I want to move away from just the quarterback conversation for a second because I'm always curious about this when I talk to guys who played in the league. What's this week like for... What, or what? Maybe even better. What was it like for you when you went through this draft process that last week before the draft? Like, take me th- what a prospect might be dealing with. I mean, you're wondering where your football for career is going to continue, right? You don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty. You think back to all of your interviews that you had in the pre-draft process, whether it be at the combine or going on visits to the facilities. 
And so for me, I, I, I had an idea uh, when I went to Valley Ranch that I was going to be drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. I just didn't know where. Um, and, you know, like most players, you don't get drafted as high as you want to get drafted. But I had an opportunity to be a part of an awesome draft class, which features, featured DeMarcus Ware, who's going in the Hall of Fame this year, Marcus Spears, who's our our uh, our coworker at the company, uh, Kevin Burnett, Marion Barber, the late Marion Barber, and Jay Ratliff, um, who was an all-pro defensive lineman. So I, I, I've had an opportunity to be a part of a great draft class, but you don't know. And I think the uncertainty of it all is what's unsettling for guys. But you're just ready to get to draft day, figure out where you're going to continue your football career, and then you know start making plans to 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 get settled in your new home. I think that's that's really the emotions that go through players' heads right now. Like everybody wants to be drafted high. Most guys are going to be disappointed. Pretty much everybody except for one player is going to be disappointed where they get drafted at. And so ultimately it's about figuring out where you're going, the coaching staff you're working with, who your teammates are, the scheme you'll be playing, the position you'll be playing, and getting rolling. We're talking with Chris Canty, host of Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, giving that that player inside, uh, inside rather, uh, into the NFL draft, and why why not? I mean, he's going to be joining Chris Carlin along with Mike Tannenbaum and Ian Fitzsimmons hosting the draft on ESPN Radio. That is next Thursday at seven p.m. And I listen, man. I, I know I know you're not new to this, so I know you knew what you were doing when you said that Anthony Richardson can start Week One. In the NFL. So we're going to bring back a segment that's on your show when you guys are on. Can he or can't he? <laughs> do you, now, are you just trying to get the conversation started ahead of your draft duties next week? Or do you firmly believe that a guy who has about 393 more pass attempts at the college level than you and I do can really start in the NFL at week one this season? I think he can, and and the reason why is because of the physical gifts. Anthony Richardson has a lot of things that you can't teach, and and I said this yesterday on Get Up, and I stand by it. The only way to get better at football, well, not the only way, but the best way to get better at football is by playing football. And, and so I, I'm a big believer in putting a guy out there uh, and, and letting him learn on the job. Now, I think in, in unique situations where there's an incumbent veteran that allows your locker room, your team, to be competitive – you let the rookie take a back seat. But based on where Anthony Richardson is probably going to be drafted, that's not going to be in place. You know, he's going to be the most talented quarterback. He's going to be um, the, the the quarterback that gives a chance to best opportunity to have a difference maker at the position in that locker room. Uh, and so I, I, I'm a big believer in him, him playing week one. Uh, the one thing I will say is because he's such a talented runner, Featuring him in zone running schemes, uh, you know, the QB read schemes, I think that lends itself to standardizing defenses, not, you know, defenses have to account for the quarterback being a threat to run. And, and at, by virtue of that, it kind of gives more vanilla looks, more standardized looks, which slows the game down for young quarterbacks. So I, I think that's the, the, the benefit of having a guy like Anthony Richardson under center is that you can, you can have a player at the quarterback spot that can dictate the terms of engagement for defenses and thereby slow the game down for the kid. To, to follow on that, because again, he hasn't played a ton, right? Like, does he almost have to, wherever he goes, does he almost have to start in some ways because then you maybe run into a Trey Lance situation all over again? Well, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. With, with Trey Lance, you had a quarterback that was in place that allowed your yeah. team to compete, right? The 49ers have been the back-to-back conference championship games. So they, they had somebody there that could, that could, that could compete. And, and I think that's the, 
the difference, right? If you think back to Pat Mahomes and everybody lauds Andy Reid for sitting Pat Mahomes, well, it's easy to do that when your team is in the playoffs. When when your team is you know going to be one of those teams that's going to be a you know you know four or five wins club, you, you might as well get the benefit of all of that losing by allowing your quarterback to learn on the job, kind of like what Chicago's done over the last couple of years with Justin Fields. And think about how Justin Fields turned the corner in year two. You're hoping to see that with Anthony Richardson, especially with the movement skills that he demonstrated in Florida. We're talking with Chris Canty, host of Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. It's Michael Rothstein and uh, Randy Scott in for the guys. I, I'm thinking back to, you know, my mom uh, was a long time, uh, you know, Washington football fan, had season tickets, uh, was all in on RG3. I mean, it, it, she had a license plate when I started having kids, and it was RG3 Ma. She wanted to be called Jima, but she wanted it to be. She was so in love with RG3. I, man, I haven't had a chance to talk to him about this since he's been here with us at ESPN. <laughs> Awkward. But, but she was all in on it, and I and I use him as an example because he was able to take the league by storm. He had a much larger sample size than Richardson did uh, in college, but he they were able to tailor a, a game plan. They, they, they you know built a franchise around, uh, around RG3 back then, and it seems like maybe history could repeat itself with Richardson, but I wonder from a defensive side of thing, it, like how quickly a league could react to a skill set in a physical freak like Richardson. You know what I mean? It's a read and react league. So let's say he comes in, is able to make an impact, how quickly it would take defenses to lock in on what he does well. Listen, I was with the Giants when RG3 bust on the scene in 2012. And let me mm-hmm. tell you, when we played against him, we didn't know whether he was coming or going. <laughs> and that was twice. I remember. You know, I, I, I wish we would have had an opportunity to see what his career would have been like had the commanders not played him in that playoff game against the Seattle Seahawks and oh, have him re-injure that knee. Because he theme. wasn't right after he got hit by Haloti Nada and the Baltimore Ravens in the regular season. Mm-hmm. But I digress. I mean, yeah, I, I think Anthony Richardson has that same potential. You know, just depending on where he gets drafted, especially if it's a team that's already got a strong running game uh, and a strong defense in place, I, I think you could see those same things. It usually takes a defense a full season to catch up to some of the things, some of the schemes, some of the plays that you're employing when it's a quarterback design run game. I will say this, guys, there is no good defense for a run game where the quarterback is the focal point. The math just don't math. You know what I mean? <laughs> they got more they got more than you do. You know what I mean? They got four they got a hat for a hat and a blocker. So uh, I mean, they got a hat for a hat and a ball carry. So it's just it's a situation where the only answer that defenses have to try to put hits on your quarterback to talk them out of doing that. Um, but with a guy like Anthony Richardson, I think you lean on his legs early on in his career while he's catching up in terms of the mental aspect of the game and understanding pro-passing concepts. I mean, Kenny, you think that's somewhat similar to what maybe the Bears have done with Justin Fields? Yeah, I think it's exactly what the Bears have done with Justin Fields. And guys, I'll take it a step further. After you get past Jalen Hurts, there's an argument to be made that in the NFC, he's the next quarterback that you would draft if you've got to pick a guy to be under center for your team in 2023. That's how good I think Justin Fields is going to be. Wow. He, has wow. The, he has the potential to win an MVP, and as long as their general manager, Ryan Poles, doesn't screw up with the uh, draft and free agency mm-hmm. over the next couple of off-seasons, you're talking about the Chicago Bears entering into a window of eight to ten years where they're going to have sustained success because of Justin Fields. They've already traded back once. Do you see the Bears? It sounds like things could get wild toward the back end of that top ten. Canty, where do you feel like the draft gets gets nutty? Like where are you where are you bracing perhaps for the whole draft order to change when you're on the mic here Thursday at seven p.m. The number two pick. 
Number two. I, I mean, okay. listen, listen. Nick Casario threw up the smoke signals earlier this week, guys, when he says we're not open for business, but we're open to listening. Yeah, you don't say that at a press conference unless you want somebody to come knock your socks off with an offer to move up to number two. Only problem with that is the teams that are likely interested in moving up to number two for a quarterback would be the Indianapolis Colts in the AFC South 2 and the Tennessee Titans at 11 in the AFC South as well. You're not trading down with a division opponent to allow them to pick their franchise quarterback. So I, I just I think the draft gets interesting at two. Um, I think the Texans are going to be hard-pressed to pass on a quarterback. And if they do, they're going to be even harder-pressed to trade down. Yeah, no, I, I, Kenny, I agree with you. It's it's a really interesting conversation. But do you, I have the belief that I would not be surprised if they don't take a quarterback at two. Yeah, I would be too. And and that's what makes what Casario said earlier this week that 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 more surprising. Like, why would you even entertain it? You got a franchise that's fighting for credibility. For goodness sakes, you won 11 games, 11 games out of 50 ball games over the last three years. That, that, that is, that is the definition of futility. Like you have to, you have to find an answer at the quarterback spot. And guys, I think it's obvious, even though Davis Mills has done yeoman work, he's not the guy. So go ahead and get CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, whichever one doesn't go number one overall. And, and build around that guy. It just makes sense. It's a quarterback driven league. You gotta have a guy that has at least the potential to grow into a difference maker. And I think at number two, the Houston Texans can pick one of those top four quarterbacks that can do that. He's Chris Canty. Again, you can see Canty and Carlin. You can hear Canty and Carlin along with Mike Tannenbaum and Ian Fitzsimmons hosting the draft on ESPN Radio. That is next Thursday at 7 p.m. One of these times, we're going to get into college recruiting stories because it is fascinating to me how somebody from the Bronx ends up at Mr. Jefferson's University on, on the grounds where for his first year and his second year and all the pretense that goes on in Charlottesville. All right, Canty, we appreciate it, man. Go crush it next week. Randy Rosty, appreciate you guys holding it down, man. Appreciate uh, thanks, you. man. Hey, he just gave us a name for a show, Randy and Rothstein. I know, he did. We, we can no, totally do that. No big deal. Tune in for baseball action tomorrow as the Giants host the Mets at 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. That's when coverage begins. I'm just chuckling at the idea of Randy and Rothstein. Oh, hey, R, some R&R, baby. We both need it. No one's going to give it to us, though. Nobody. It's a QB uh-huh. hoping to be drafted, and he's going to join us next. Where he falls outside of this you know, so-called big four and who he could impact the most. It's Canty and Carlin with R&R, Rothstein and Randy on ESPN Radio and ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. 
Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. (laughs) She's just cold outside. Hand me a raincoat. Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Everybody's worried about things. And the ESPN app at Sirius XM Channel 80. Randy Scott, Michael Rothstein in for the guys. A reminder, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. The Twitter is as follows. At ESPN Radio for the show. At Randy Scott, ESPN for me. Says, baby. At Mike Rothstein. For Michael Rothstein, who's joining us from the Atlanta offices. I'm here in Bristol, Connecticut on a Chamber of Commerce Day, fellas. We got to get out there. If you're Harry, right? If you're Harry working music for us, like you get out there and you, it's Biceps Day, man. Just show them, man. It's a <laughs> sunny day. It's a sunny, beautiful day. 888-SAY-ESPN is the phone number. 888-729-3776. The call topic is what are your sports pet peeves? Hit us up. Join the conversation. Uh, we'll get you on uh, on air if we agree with this. But you know what? Even if we don't agree, we're going to get it on there for you. It's no big deal. Joining us on the CC Call-In Line, though, is Dorian Thompson-Robinson, former UCLA quarterback, NFL draft prospect, uh, who's going to hear his name called at some point next week. And I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, DTR, but if I had a pet peeve, it'd be, hey, let's stop talking about quarterbacks, you know, young through hooker, and let's start talking about the gems that can be found perhaps outside of the draft's first night. I'm excited about you as a prospect, man. I know Coach Justin Fry, who overlapped with you a little bit out at UCLA. He was in charge of the offensive line. He has had nothing but good things to say about you. And I'm just curious what this week is like for you as we're six days shy of the start to the NFL draft. Yeah, it's uh, it's super relaxing, uh, I think. It's uh, super peaceful. I'm trying to take it day by day. Um, not trying to worry about things I can't control and, and where I'm going to get picked and when, so... Um, I'm trying to enjoy this time with my family and friends and, uh, you know, take it day by day. So, Hey, DTR, I'm curious. You were at the East-West game, right? Like, what did you take from that? Because that was really your first exposure to kind of working with NFL coaches. Yeah, I think just getting reps, being in the NFL system, um, playing an a NFL-like game um, with the headset and everything, because I know that can be a bit of an adjustment for guys that's coming from signal offenses. So, um, I think just getting those reps out there, being with the NFL coaching staff and getting those tips and tricks uh, to be a pro, I think uh, 
will serve dividends come later on. So, Talking with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who's taking his quarterback skills there uh, from Westwood out with UCLA to a Sunday NFL stadium near you uh, coming soon. And, uh, you know, your head coach out there, Chip Kelly, obviously he has NFL experience in his own right. He had San Francisco uh, head coaching duties and obviously Philadelphia before that. What's the conversation been like with him, and not just recently, perhaps over the last couple of seasons, as you have been a guy who's had been earmarked for the NFL, and you're playing for a guy who very recently was was coaching in the NFL? Yeah, he knows what it takes. So I think just him giving me the, the ability to open up the offense more, um, me being able to uh, have more responsibility within the offense, I think has helped me tremendously going through this process. Um, obviously, he has a bunch of friends in the NFL from coaching there. So uh, being able to get updates from him and, and he's been able to ask guys around the league about me and get uh, feedback. So I think that's been very beneficial, too. So, hey, DTR, I'm curious, just from your, your career, when you look back at it, what's the moment that stood out the most? <laughs> uh, uh, personally, for me, I think graduating um, and giving that diploma to my mom. Uh, on the field, I would say... Uh, I think just the, this first six weeks of this season, um, just the energy and vibe around the, not only the, the program um, and within the building, but just on campus and, and how happy to see people were to see us win, um, I think was super special to me. He's Dorian Thompson-Robinson, former UCLA quarterback, joining us on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, Randy Scott and Michael Rothstein in for the guys. Uh, whether it's been with, with Coach Kelly, uh, whether it's been with any of the quarterback coaches that you've worked with, either at camps or, or just at, at sort of like your own private workouts to get ready to showcase your skills at a combine or at uh, a workout, uh, however you've done it, what's been the feedback in terms of you know, areas like if we're looking at it like a comic card or or your job performance review, like an area where you have heard you have to get better uh, in order to, to to light it up on on Sundays here soon. Uh, I think just overall, just getting the information. You know, I started so late in high school playing quarterback, so and obviously I've gotten all the reps through college, and, and I'm still learning. So I only know what I know, um, but as I get the information and as I learn uh, throughout this whole process. Um, I can get better as I go. So um, right now I'm chasing growth, and that's what me and my team and trainers are are all behind, um, and we're and we're making that work. So DTR, not to to completely change the topic, but our, our kind of question of the day is about sports pet peeves, and it seems like everybody would have one at some point. What's your like? What's your biggest pet peeve in sports? Ooh, biggest pet peeve in sports. Um, probably me inviting someone to a game and them being on their phone instead of being in tune to the game. That, that could be pretty annoying. You want to name names? You want to name names? Who's doing that? <laughs> oh, oh, definitely not. Definitely not. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> no, no. We're not going to do that. How did you? How do you notice that though? Because you're are you talking about a game where you're a spectator, like you're watching as well? Or are you talking about games like your games? Uh, it can be both. Um, <laughs> Uh, I've, I've just, over the years, of, I've been to other people's games on bye weeks and um, being able to take and invite other people with me. Um, I've, I've had some experiences along the way. So. 
That's incredible. I can't imagine. It. Like, yeah, hey, let me get a couple tickets to this game. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And you're just on your like, you're on Instagram like the entire time. It's like, man, I saw you post. Right. I saw you post from the stands. I know what you were doing, and it wasn't. It wasn't right. watching. It wasn't watching the game. Okay, so we've gone. I, I I went the negative route first because I was trying to to lead into you know positive feedback. I'm wondering whether it's been from from NFL coaches, whether it's been from co- coaches who have just gotten you ready for this process. What have you heard you do well? that is going to play well at the NFL level? Yeah, I think just going through my visits and meeting with different teams, the biggest uh, point of emphasis is how passionate I am. Um, It jumps off the tape, the throwing blocks, um, really trying to play hard for my teammates. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think that'll serve me well later on. Um, And obviously I've learned to control that and and play a lot smarter and being, being able to protect myself and as well as taking away negative plays. So, um, but again, I think that aggressiveness uh, serves me well in my game. All right, Dorian, we appreciate it, man. Dorian Thompson Robinson, former UCLA quarterback, is going to bring that passion and hopefully not, hopefully not too many blocks, dude. Like, hopefully you can protect yourself <laughs> at the next level. These guys are only getting bigger and faster. Right. And whoever you give tickets to, uh, here's to them staying off their phones and watching you cook. Uh, best of luck this week. All right, here's to hearing your name called, and uh, we'll we'll catch up again soon. Yes, sir. Go Brewers. Yes, sir. Let's go. All right. Speaking <laughs> of draft night, he said it, man. Listen, you Trojan Trojan folks out there in L.A., you take it up with a guy who uh, gave you that work for four years. Yeah. <laughs> Westwood. Speaking yeah. of draft night, how many trades could we see on night one in the NFL draft? We'll dive into the potential chaos because some men just like to watch the world burn. It's Michael Rothstein and Randy Scott for the guys. Canty and Carl in ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And Carlin, the podcast. I don't know if I know. Th- I don't know. Hold on. Nobody. No, 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 there's a look of scorn and judgment. I need a voice. Are there lyrics coming? No, there no. should have been already. Is this just because a it's, it's an instrumental? Yeah, because it's a new day. It was, this was an Andrew WK song, right? This party hard. Is it Andrew WK? Is Whoa, this a party no, hard? No, no, no. You just call it, said it, this is, it's a new day? No. Okay. Okay, so, so wow, well, I screwed up, yeah. Is this, you, is this good Charlotte? Sure is. Okay, all right, we're going to get weird. We already are. No, that's my bad. I am so wrong No, you and Andrew WK, which was a Madden track, and so was this, right? Yes. This was on Madden, I think, 2002. So with Andrew WK. Two, Okay. Because there was a Madden that was a pure cheat code as a Raider fan because you had Tim Brown and Jerry Rice and you could just run double verts and just get sick with it and your roommate would eventually throw the controller. All right, it's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Randy Scott. He's Michael Rothstein. So nerd one here in Bristol, me, uh, potential nerd two down in the ATL is Michael Rothstein. Oh, there's no potential. But, you know, combat sports from Rothstein, obviously our ESPN Atlanta Falcons reporter as well, and ESPN Radio, a reminder here, uh, is presented by Progressive Insurance. So the only time I've seen Blink-182 is at the WHF Festival at RFK Stadium in D.C. It was 1998, and Good Charlotte would play at the WHF festival on like outdoor stages at first. And then eventually on the indoor stage, they were a local Maryland group. And then they blew the heck up. And <laughs> that was one of my favorite concerts ever. Cause you would get like run DMC blink One Eighty Two, uh, Depeche mode offspring. Uh, I'm trying to think who Eve six. Like I'm trying to think of like this time capsule of bands back then. And they'd play all day at RFK. It was amazing. It that, was amazing. that was, I want to go to that show. Oh, I'll, I'm going to find, you know what? 
and you're driving next hour. I'll find yeah. the lineup from like I want to say it was '98, and uh, I know Blink was was one of the headliners. But we continue to chum the waters here as our call in topic. It's what are your sports pet peeves? And if you call in eight 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 say ESPN or eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six, and you say, hey man, my 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 sports pet peeve is listening to what I thought was a sports radio show, and you guys are talking about twenty five year old music references and concert lineups. That, that's fine. That's fair, and we'll have that discussion. <laughs> we will. But for now, we're talking about the potential trades that we could see on night one of the NFL draft. Because we will see other trades, right, later in the, on Friday, on the second day. You know, we're moving around compensatory picks, and we're moving salary, and things get kind of loose uh, with packaging, you know, multiple fifth-round picks and things like that. But on night one, where, Michael Rothstein, do you feel like we could see? How high up on night one do you feel like we could see a trade? Ooh, I mean, maybe two, maybe two. Yeah, I almost definitively three. Okay, I so just get the that's sense. Arizona. I get the sense because one of two things is going to happen, right? Either CJ Stroud's still going to be there because Houston's going to not take him, mm-hmm. or CJ Stroud will go, and some team that needs a quarterback is going to panic because they only like one of the two of Richardson and Levis. And you know the Colts are taking a quarterback at four. So I think three might be the spot. But if I'm Arizona, I need a lot of help. And Jonathan Gannon's a defensive guy. And Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson, and I think it's an or, by the way. Tyree and or one of those two makes a lot of sense in that defense. Oh, yeah. No, it makes a ton of sense. So I'm not convinced, and I don't, I don't think you are either, that Houston is definitively, despite the fact that they need a long-term answer at quarterback, I don't know that they're convinced that that, that is C.J. Stroud. And I'm also, when you are <laughs> the second overall pick, you obviously have a lot of needs. And if you've watched any Houston Texans football over the last two seasons, they have lots of areas of need. So, I don't know that they're necessarily a lock to deal that pick. Now, if they trade back with a Las Vegas, let's say, or they trade back with... I'm trying to think of Indy. a team. Indy. Okay. Well, Indy jumps from just four to two, you think? Well, if you're concerned about Arizona making a trade at three. If you're worried about Arizona making, making a trade, a with trade someone, at three to okay. get the guy you want. Hmm. If you know who you want, if you're Indianapolis, you're like, I am committed to this guy no matter what. Whether it's Stroud, Levitt, because I think Bryce Young's going one to Carolina. Like Whether it's Stroud, Levis, or Richardson. If you're absolutely committed to that guy and you're worried that someone might jump, you make that trade because that's the franchise quarterback that you're talking about. I'm wondering if it's Vegas, and I say that as a Raider fan. Let's say Vegas says, hey, you guys trade back to seven. We move up. Maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll trade you seven and 38 to move up. And if you do that in your Houston, you have three first-round picks and two picks in the first one, two, three, the first eight picks in the second round. Think about that draft capital for a second. Think about what you could do if you believe in other areas of, of other positions and other positional depth and talent in this draft, and you could possibly have three first-round picks and, a two, and two in the first eight in the second round. Come on. You make that deal, right? Yeah. I mean, listen, if you're Houston and you can get the draft capital like that, sure. But you, I think it has to be the right move for you. Because if you're Houston, don't forget, D'Amico Ryan's also a defensive-minded head coach. If you can get a guy that you feel like you can build your defense around if you're D'Amico Ryan's, 
you go that direction because when you're talking about a quarterback, if you take a quarterback and miss, you're in you're in real trouble here, right? But if you're D'Amico Ryan's, you take a defensive guy, you say, listen, going to probably be a rough year anyway. Next year's a really good quarterback class. You can work with that. What do you, I, I think there's a lot of options for Houston. That's just what I'm saying. And, and we're up against it, but are you hearing already? But you know, from your Falcons connects about a buzz for next year's you know quarterback class for Caleb no, Williams no. and Drake May potentially. I was going to say, I'm not hearing a buzz from like Falcons people because they like Desmond Ritter. I'm just hearing it from watching college football and from reading and from talking to people around Mm -hmm. the league that there's a belief that there are quite a few quarterbacks that could be very valuable in next year's draft. But listen, we said that a year ago about this coming year's draft, too. That's time immemorial comment. That's true. It happens all the time. You know what else happens all the time? LeBron James getting asked about... Criticism from uh, other teams, villains. What he had to say about Dylan Brooks. He was asked today. We'll play it for you. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.